This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and this week, my guest is Stephanie Bonte-Lebert. Stephanie is a classically trained opera singer turned voice presentation and sales coach. She coaches singers and speakers to use their voice with more power and impact and loves helping entrepreneurs and business professionals leverage their voice to improve their bottom line while making a bigger difference in the world. Stephanie is an award-winning certified level three trainer of Bank, the world's only methodology scientifically validated to predict buying behavior in less than 90 seconds. Her mission is to help others stand in their power and be the voice of their passions. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. Has music always been your passion? Yes, in fact, I have been singing ever since I was three years old. And as as early as I can remember, my earliest memories are of singing. And um, I grew up, wanting to perform in as many ways as possible. So I went from singing nursery rhymes, essentially, to performing in the school musicals and being involved in band and choir, and then going straight into college, getting my bachelor's and master's in vocal performance, and then moving to New York and pursuing uh, basically a a performance career. So yes, my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Not everyone can sing opera. When did you discover you had that kind of talent? Well, I think that it it wasn't that I knew I was going to be an opera singer because, I mean, when you go to college and you get your bachelor's and master's degree in music, that's the degree you get. It's a classically trained opera, you know, curriculum. Mm -hmm. And as much as I loved it and, and I loved singing, so that qualified me to, you know, go to college and, and, and pursue this degree. Um, What was fascinating is at the time I didn't really, you know, when I applied for colleges, we didn't even have the internet really wasn't a thing. (laughs) So I didn't really understand that, you know, you could get, Oh, a musical theater degree, for example. So I love musical theater. I, I actually found out when I moved to New York that I actually preferred singing musical theater over opera, even though I did both. And I performed opera you know, several times, even, you know, after I left the university uh, scene. But I think it was just a, a something that was born out of just my overall desire to use my voice, quite honestly. So I was happened to go into a training program where they really put you through everything you need to know to sing classical music. And the thing is, when you can sing classical music, you can sing anything. I mean, when you have the ability to use your voice in that way, classical singing is like the most athletic version of singing possible. So they teach you how to maximize your breath and really maximize your range and all of the things that you need to do to be able to sing a three-hour opera six nights a week. Hmm, (laughs) And when you learn that sort of a technique and and that sort of, you, you build up that kind of a stamina then anything else feels a whole lot easier, quite honestly. And I found musical theater to be just a really easy transition to go into. And I just love it. I mean, I just love watching musicals on the stage. It's something I've always enjoyed. I remember my dad, when I was little, would watch the old movie musicals. And I was always captivated by the movie musicals. So I I think that um, even though I tell people I'm a classically trained opera singer, I'm really a musical theater buff. (laughs) And I prefer sing musical theater as many times as I can. So tell me about New York. Where did you move from? Well, after I got my graduate degree in vocal performance, I actually went to an opera training program in Italy. And when I came back from that program, I actually went through some personal things um, that 
essentially catapulted me to just pick up, move everything, just move myself to New York City and completely, it was like a fresh start. I really went to Manhattan, not knowing anybody there. I just knew, actually, I did know one person. It was someone who I went to graduate school with. And I'd actually been on the phone with her, a phone call. And she was telling me how great it was. She was working in the Metropolitan of Opera gift store for money, but she was auditioning for things in New York. And I said, I should be there too. And so I picked up, moved to Queens. I lived in Queens for the first three months. I found a sublet. And I lived there for three months. I got, got a job in Midtown Manhattan working for an entertainment law firm. In fact, the attorney that I worked for actually did Broadway shows. So he, it was perfect fit for me because he was helping uh, you know, get Broadway shows off the ground on the legal side of things. And he understood that I was a singer. So sometimes he would let me take an extra long lunch to go to an audition. And I was booking these little gigs everywhere Um I was booking like evening weekend gigs and I was performing in operas and, and brand new shows that composers in New York were putting on. And I ended up uh, even getting uh, cast in a cabaret on Restaurant Row. And I was actually at one point sitting on top of a grand piano on Restaurant Row in this little dive uh, called Danny's Skylight <laughs> and um, of singing a show with some friends that I had, you know, met in New York. And, and, you know, it was just, it was an amazing experience. I lived there for three years and I loved every minute of it. And it was something you do when you're in your, you know, early twenties, mid twenties, <laughs> you're just free to kind of follow whatever passion, whatever dream uh, comes your way. And that's, that's where I found myself. It is. Well, you know how the song goes, right? New York, New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so then you transition. So now you are a, a coach, a voice presentation and sales coach. And yes. you coach singers and speakers to use their voice with more power and impact. Is that a physical thing, like learning how to project, or is there more to it than that? There's definitely a lot to that. So the method that I have developed, you know, I've been coaching for over 20 years. Even when I was in college, um, I was coaching singers. Um, one part of my graduate degree is they gave me an office and they said, we're going to pay your tuition and we're going to let you have an office and start, you know, coaching the undergrads, um, you know, especially the non-music major, you know, undergrads that wanted to learn voice. So I've been coaching voice for a long, long time. And what happened essentially is I still had a day job. So I, I ended up moving to Maryland from New York City because I met a man and uh, he that's worked usually for usually why. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. We always leave for a man. Um, and I fell in love and he works for NASA. And so I came here to Maryland and I was teaching voice on the side because I, you know, I was still sort of in this mindset of, well, now I got to, you know, be responsible and have a, a job and pay the bills and but of course, I was sort of dying on the inside. I really didn't enjoy uh, having a day job. I really wanted to be just doing my art and, and being in shows. And so I did as much of it as I could uh, having a day job, um, but always sort of felt really, you know, like there was so much more I could be doing. And then, of course, fate intervened, as fate often does, and I was laid off from my job. And suddenly I realized this was a pivotal moment in my life where I can make a decision to go find myself another day job doing something similar or start fresh and create something completely different. And so that's when I started to really work on building a business as a business, not just a side hustle. And of course, it started off with singers because that's what I was, I knew that's what I had been doing. And I was really good at working with singers. And then um, a couple years into this full-time position, I realized everything that I was doing could easily translate into speakers and how speakers use their voice. And what really got me going is a friend of mine invited me to a networking event. And it happened to be an e-women network event where Sandra Yancey was coming to speak. So it was a big deal in the area. And I had never been to a networking group before. I had never done that. I'd always found all my clients because I was a performer and performers would see me on stage and then word of mouth would spread. And that's how I found my business. I never had to go out to official business networking groups to find clients, but I was fascinated by the experience of it. Like what is networking? What's going on? Why are all these people getting together and trading business cards? And, and what's this about? And I also fell in love with Sandra Yancey. She's an amazing woman. She founded eWomen Network. 
So I joined the networking group. I met someone there that day who ended up connecting me to a business coach. I'd never had a business coach before. In fact, the idea of paying someone thousands of dollars to help you build your business was a completely foreign concept. And I have to just give kudos to my husband for like, not freaking out <laughs> and allowing me to actually make such a drastic leap and change in how I had been functioning up until that point. So I had a networking group, I had a business coach, and suddenly everything started to shift. And I started to see the possibilities and what I could actually create that was outside the norm, that was outside the traditional honestly, um, idea of what a singing teacher is, because I was considered myself a singing teacher. But coaching can involve so much more than that. So I was exploring that. And as and I've been with my business coach for four years now, and my business looks completely different from what it did four years ago when I first hired her. <laughs> it's just a completely different. And what's not only is the, the model different and what I'm doing is different, but my freedom, my flexibility, my ability to build income and my happiness and my time with my family and so many things have improved as a result of those decisions. So I, you know, I really believe that, you know, we're here for a reason and that as long as we are willing to commit to the journey of exploring why we are here, that, that good things will come our way. And I think that's what finally started to happen when I finally said to the universe, that's it, no more day job. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, in my business, I coach women to do exactly that, to take sort of their gifts and talents and to create a stream, one or more streams of income that support yeah. the life that they want to be living. And Often I've, I find um, when people reach that pivot point, as you mentioned, where they've been laid off because that happens a lot, mm -hmm. they, they, instead of saying, this is a fantastic opportunity for me to now explore the best course of action for me and to use, you know, some other skills that I have, um, they panic and they mm -hmm. say, I need, even though I hated that job, I need to get another one just like it. Uh, yeah. because what am I going to do now? And so I'm very happy to hear that you, that you took the road less traveled, so to speak, um, and really found, um, found your, your niche. And I'm sure yeah. your clients are very happy that you took that road too. Yes. I mean, it, and it, there was a moment, I mean, I remember I did have a moment of panic that, that panic moment you described. I absolutely experienced that. In fact, I remember driving, home to tell my husband the news. And I just, I, I actually remember looking out the window of my car and everything looked black and white. It's like I lost my ability to see color and I was driving home and everything was black and white. And I was like in a state of shock. And I remember the first impulse I had was I have to call a headhunter tomorrow. I've got it. And I did, I actually did call a headhunter the next morning and filled out the preliminary paperwork to get the process started. And then somewhere after that initial meeting with the headhunter, I woke up. <laughs> Thank heavens. <laughs> yeah. Because, it, you know, it would have been a different life for sure. Absolutely. So you help business people now with their voice. Why is someone's voice important in business? Well, obviously, everything that you do in your communication is super important in business. And what I have found, especially in this world where we seem so disconnected with our social media and all of the online, everything's online, right? That we lose some of the most effective marketing tools that we have, which is in-person connection and the sound of your voice, which can be on radio or podcasts on video or in person. Those two things tend to get a little lost, although obviously these days a lot more of the live videos are happening on social media, which I love because it's a great way to make a bit better impact with people than just advertising or emails or texting or any of those other electronic methods. But especially for in person, the sound of your voice, well, that, it touches people. Like it physically touches other people. When you hear someone speak, you are being touched by their energy. And so the power of that is quite amazing. And as a performer, as a singer, of course, you know, we are all moved by music. 
you know, if you love music, there's some style of music that touches you. There's an artist that you really appreciate. There's a, a show that you really love to go to. We're moved by that. And because I believe that emotion carries on the wave of sound. So what you're thinking and feeling on the inside of you actually carries on the sound of your voice. And so when it touch it people, touches people, it makes an impact. And what power do you hold in the sound of your voice? So if you make your voice sound tight and restricted, you know, you're going to create a different response from people than if you have a more open, round, warm sound. And we, we just, we know this intuitively. In fact, we, you know, I think anyone can identify a singer that they love or even a speaker that they love. Someone where they have heard someone speak and they've said to themselves, oh my gosh, what a powerful communicator. I love hearing them speak. The sound of their voice is amazing or just the way their energy is. Sometimes they don't articulate it as the sound of someone's voice, but they'll, they'll mention their energy. And this happens to me a lot at networking events is I'll have people come to me across the room and they'll say, I just had to come introduce myself to you because I really love your energy, mm. you know? And, and so I, that's why when you asked me before, you know, when, as a voice coach, is it all physical? Is it more than that? It's so much more than that because it's the physical, the energetic and the mental that all have to come together. Your voice, your energetic voice, your, your, or your spiritual voice, if you want to call it that, your physical voice, and then the mental voice. Those three voices are what I work with with my clients to help them, each of them feel more powerful, more confident, and then you put them all together and suddenly you're what's considered a charismatic speaker or a charismatic person. Because you are in alignment with your energy and your intention, you know how to use your voice to create the sound that matches that energy and intention. And then you use your mental voice, which is about learning the skill set of creating scripts, of creating effective phrases and communication and a way of engaging your audience when you're up in front of the room. And then it's the full, you have the full package. You have everything you need to connect and to call forward, quite frankly, the people that you're meant to serve. Mm -hmm. In a figurative sense, what I think you just referred to as your mental voice, it's important to find your voice so that you can speak from your truth and from your heart in a way that's unique to you. It's also important, though, in business to speak in a way that others can hear you, not changing your voice or saying what people want to hear if it's not true, but more focusing on what's important to them and not cluttering your communication with messaging that's either irrelevant to them or that may actually unintentionally turn them off so they stop reading or listening. And Sherry Tree, creator of Bank, the world's only methodology that is scientifically validated to predict buying behavior in less than 90 seconds, and author of the book, Why They Buy, in her presentations actually speaks in several foreign languages as a way of illustrating how the bank code can help you speak the quote unquote language of your potential customer in a way that communicates your message so that they can hear it. You are a certified level three trainer for the bank code methodology. Could you please explain what that is and how it works? Yes, absolutely. So obviously in the last three years, what's really changed in my business is I've added on this um, certified process called BANK, which is an acronym that stands for the four basic personality types in the, that's been proven by science to exist in the general population. So Sherry Tree developed this personality-based assessment over 20 years uh, working in sales. She was a salesperson who was not very good. She only made $700 in her first year, and she knew something had to change. And, you know, a lot of us have taken personality assessments out in the market. You know, she did too, Myers-Briggs, DISC, um, you know, StrengthsFinder. There's a whole bunch of them out there. But not a single one of those assessments ever helped her make money. Not one of them ever helped her turn a, a no into a yes. So she developed a reverse engineered assessment that you can take in less than 90 seconds because in sales, obviously, you oft, oftentimes only have a few seconds to make a good first impression so that you can speak to the values and what your prospect cares about, not what you care about. The biggest mistake we tend to make 
as entrepreneurs and sales professionals is we go around all these networking groups and we give our 30 or 60 second pitch. And it's the same thing every time. And we deliver it from our perspective, what we care about, why we think that you should like our product or service. And the problem is, unless that person is the same personality type as you, most of what you're saying is going in one ear and out the other. They are tuning you out. So with this assessment, there's a couple things that happens is one is when you're speaking to a group of people, you learn how to speak to all of the personality types in the room and hit a little bit of all of the value systems in the room so that there's at least one nugget that speaks to everybody who's present. And then the second part of this is when you're in a one-on-one conversation, you can quickly and easily determine their value system and what they care about that's going to help them get to a yes. So you eliminate the things they're going to make them say no. Because as we know, you can have two people standing in front of you, you deliver a presentation, and one of them will say yes, and another one might say no. And you gave the same exact script to both of them. And the reason one says yes and the other one says no is multifaceted. But it's really rooted in the, in the idea that they didn't see the value. One of them didn't see the value of what you bring to the table. So when you learn bank, you're able to communicate more directly to every individual and you're able to capture more of a group of people in the room because you are speaking to their value system, what they care about and why they actually would see the value in what you are doing. What drew you to bank? Why did you decide to become a trainer in this methodology? So I was at an eWomen Network conference and I heard Sherry Tree deliver her presentation about what is bank and how does it work. And I was so super excited. I remember the light bulb going off above my head, you know, <laughs> and saying, this is, this is a perfect compliment to what I do because I am an expert at taking a script and delivering it in a powerful way from the stage. I've done it thousands of times. I've you know, myself personally, even, I can't even tell you how many shows I've been in over, over the course of my life where you get a script, you learn your lines, you learn your music, you take direction from the director, you memorize everything, you practice it, you perform it for an audience, right? So I'm really good at helping people deliver. And then here's a tool that actually helps you develop the script, the actual words that you could be using. So if you know what to say and how to say it, you're unstoppable. You can do so much more. You can manifest so much more in your life much more quickly and make a bigger impact with everyone around you. So when I heard her explain this concept and and what she was helping train out into the world, I wanted to add it to my tool belt. Because I also know as an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneurs are never going forward with their blinders on. They're always open to all of the different ways that they can deliver their message, their product, their service to the world. And they're also looking for multiple ways to create sources of revenue. Because if you only have one source of revenue and that for whatever reason, that doesn't work anymore, then you got to create the wheel all over again. If you've got multiple ways you're delivering your expertise to the general population, then you can create much more leverage in your business. Um, I find as an action type, that's my, my personality type is action. I love to have multiple things going on. So it's easy for me to just add bank right in and be like, great. So I'm going to teach um, voice and presentation skills. And now I'm going to add in sales coaching and it totally works. What is your bank code? And what does that tell me about you? Yeah. So we could go through uh, the, the personality types really quick. So bank is an acronym, B-A-N-K. B stands for blueprint, which is inside the box. Um, they really, uh, you know, so imagine a box. They're inside the box thinkers. They really like rules and structures. Um, they're someone who, for example, uh, always shops with a budget in mind. You know, they're not going to overspend. Uh, action is the second. And it is, imagine the color red. So blue is blue. Action is red. And on the box analogy, it's outside the box. There is no box. Don't put me in a box. Don't tell me what to do. Oh, and by the way, I want to do things my way. I make my own rules. Um, and you know, I want to have a really great lifestyle. I'm always concerned that what's going to get an action to a yes is, does it fit into their lifestyle and how they want to be living their life? 
And then N is the third. That's the nurturer. So see the color yellow in your mind. And in the box analogy, it's recycle the box. And nurturers really care about the, the planet and, the, and their communities. Their, their commodity that they trade in is relationships. So if, they, if you have a product or service that's helping the world in some way, you're donating to a cause, nurturers love that. They also want to feel that they're going to be a part of a community. So if they are joining, for example, a coaching program, they want to know the community. They want to feel like they would fit into the community, that you're not just going to be you know, another number, but you're going to be um, someone that they're going to, you know, feel taken care of and because they like to take care of people around them. So they also like to have that personal touch. And then K is knowledge. So imagine a green color. And in the box analogy, the K is design or came up with the idea of a box. The box wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for the knowledge type. And the commodity they trade in is information. So if you have a product or service that's information-based, like an online program, for example, knowledge types love it. In fact, knowledge types are known for buying multiple programs, even if they never take them all. <laughs> and knowledge types can get frustrated because they wish on some level that if they could have like a little chip put into their brain that's downloading information into them while they sleep, they would totally do it because they want to learn. They're, they just consume information. And they're also the ones that have the longest sales cycles, you know, in the sales process because they need all the information before they can say yes. So that's a quick rundown. Now, the thing is, is we are a little bit of all four of these types. We're not just one. We have a primary that comes for, first, you know, in the uh, four cards, there's going to be the first one, but there are four personality types and you're a little bit of all of them. So my first card is the action card. I am an action type first, so I'm a red. And then the second one's nurture, the N, okay? That's second for me. And then third is knowledge, the green card. And then fourth is blueprint, the blue card. So what that really means is if you're trying to sell me your product or service, you want to lead with a lifestyle that I'm going to have as a result of buying in. So one of the reasons I loved Sherry Tree and becoming a trainer with her is that it is extremely lucrative to be a trainer with bank. You, you know, you can, you know, training days can be thousands and thousands of dollars of income for you in just one day. You know, if you're selling tickets and you've got 10, 20, 30 people in the room and they've each spent a thousand dollars to be there, you're making really good money. That was one of the things that made me say yes, because I'm an action type. I'm a nurture second. So the other piece of it that I really liked was I was joining this community called Bank Nation and all these other trainers I was going to meet them too. And I'm going to be able to make relationships all over the country and all over the world because there's trainers all over the world. So that was super appealing to me. And then the knowledge and blueprint, I do care, of course, about knowledge and blueprint values, but they weren't the things that came to mind first. However, they eventually come forward. But what's tricky about learning bank is that you need to know the order of the cards and then or, you know, order of the code, I should say, not the cards. Um, and the first two are the codes that trigger the yes. And the second two, if you lead with them in a sales conversation, they can tripwire the no. So it's just as important for you to understand what not to lead with when you have that, you know, 30 to 60 or five minute conversation with someone for the first time. It's just as important to know not what not to say as it is what to say. So that's one of the, um, the skill sets we teach basically when you learn bank at a deeper level is what are the triggers and the tripwires for all of the personality types. When I did the short test, my results came back as KNAB, but I find that about half of each of the categories apply to me and about half do not. So it's, it's really quite equal. <laughs> can the test results be wrong or, or can they be different depending on how you're feeling that day? So we are a value-based system and it's core values, right? So unless you have a major shift in your core values as a person, your bank code does not 
change from work to home, for example, or a situation. It's not situational. It's core value-based. And I have to say, knowing that you're a knowledge type, Kate, the knowledge types often struggle with this the most. And the reason why knowledge types struggle with the test is they tend to overthink it. They are thinking about all the scenarios and all the ways that they they go through life and how, you know, if, if, if a certain part of their code comes forward, they think, oh, my bank code changed. No, your bank code didn't change. We have all four of them in us. And sometimes my blueprint comes forward very strongly. I can be in my blueprint, but it is actually fueled. My blueprint is fueled by my desire for a good lifestyle. So I will really go blueprint on someone when I know that's going to make me a lot of money, contribute to my lifestyle or the fun that I want to have in my life. So you have to look at it from the perspective of the core value system, not a situational-based assessment, which some of the assessments out there I know do change based on situation. This is not one of those. So I was curious, Kate, when you did the in-depth assessment, did your did it change from the KNAB, from the Knowledge Nurture Action Blueprint? I didn't do the in-depth assess- assessment. I never knew where to find that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there is an in- there is a 20-question test. This is good for you to know. Uh, and it's in the core uh, training. So we have the virtual training platform that we teach you all about bank and how to use it. So in that core training is the in-depth assessment. So I invite you to go take it because it actually gives you a ranking on a scale from 1 to 25 for every single one of your codes. You can actually say, am I a 25 out of 25 knowledge? Or 20 out of 25 knowledge. And it kind of gives you a little more information, which I think you'll appreciate. Oh, I definitely need to do that. I actually looked for it and couldn't find it, but I will go back and look for it again now that I know where it is. Yes. <laughs> so in my last podcast, my guest, Eleanor Angelitas, talked about values-based negotiating and bank is perfect for that. She also said that she believes any human interaction is a kind of negotiation, whether it's with your kids, your spouse, coworkers, or the clerk at the grocery store. I personally was initially drawn to bank because of the potential for improving interpersonal communications. How can bank help improve relationships and other types of interactions, not just business negotiations? Oh my gosh, absolutely. What I love about bank, besides the fact that it's helped me really up-level my business and make me a lot more money because I'm an action type, so money is like one of my draws, <laughs> um, is that my relationship with my husband, for example, has dramatically improved for the better. My husband is a blueprint, nurture, knowledge, action. So his blueprint is first and his action is last. My code is action, nurture, knowledge, blueprint. So my action is first and my blueprint is last. So what we like to say in bank is that opposites attract and opposites attack. (laughs) So (laughs) dealing with the attack moments is um, what bank is very helpful in. So for example, before I knew bank, my husband and I, the things we would argue about tended to be around the cleanliness of the house because he's a blueprint. He likes everything in a certain place and money because blueprints have budgets and action types don't tend to have budgets. In fact, my husband, for example, has like six different bank accounts. And every time he gets paid from the federal government, also a sign that he's a blueprint because federal government <laughs> employees tend to stay in their jobs forever. <laughs> so he takes his paycheck. And he divides it out into six different savings accounts. And every savings account is meant for a different project. You know, this is the vacation savings account. This is the um, household repair savings account. This is um, fun money for Bra- for our son, Brayden. You know, and he divides it out because it makes him feel safe. And safety is important to a blueprint. I'm an action type. I've got one checking account. And I occasionally check it to see how much money is left in it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just go about my business and I, and I buy my cup of coffee and I, I, I go to the grocery store and I don't have a list and I, you know, so we would fight about money. And sometimes those fights were no fun. I mean, like really no fun because I just didn't understand why he was getting so uptight about the money and he couldn't understand why I was spending in his opinion, like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Since bank, now I understand him. I can have empathy for who he is instead of me sitting there you know, um, basically attacking him and saying, you need to change who you are. I can now sit back and say, okay, this makes sense. You're a blueprint. You value safety. This makes you feel good. Let me shift my language. 
let me change how I'm approaching this with you so that you can feel better about what's happening here. And because I learned bank, what I know about blueprints, for example, is you, you need to help them feel that not spending the money is actually riskier than spending the money if it's not in their budget. So if there's something really important to me that I really want to do and it's outside of our budget, the risk for my husband is that he's going to have a very unhappy wife. And if I can calmly, because also action types tend to be more, you know, um, you know, but big and bold in their expressions and blueprints can be, are much more even keeled. They, they don't like over the top reactions. So if I can lower my energy a little bit, get a little more even keeled in my tone of voice and clearly explain to him how important that item is to me and why, then in his mind, it starts to shift to, I'm going to have an unhappy wife if I don't agree to, you know, be a little flexible with the budget this month. And that risk for him is bigger than not spending the money because then spending the money, I'm sorry, because his nurture is second. Mm. What's kept us married, I think, is that his nurture is second and my nurture is second. So we tend to have these kind of blow up moments where our action and, and blueprint will go boom and fight. And then our nurturers both kick in and we're like, oh, honey, I love you. I know we'll make it work. I'm here for you. <laughs> you know. But what's really nice is bank has allowed those big blow up moments to not be so big or so frequent. And we go into our nurtures much more quickly, which just creates for general peace, you know, that we have in the house. And I've got a little six-year-old boy who's also an action type. So I also can really help my husband understand why he is the way he is because he can get really frustrated, you know, so I can mitigate the parent-child friction that would tend to happen if he just didn't, if he, you know, if we didn't know bank, he would just be frustrated. He would just think, what's wrong with this child? Why isn't he listening to me when I tell him what to do? These are the rules of the house. And my little six-year-old, well, first of all, he's six, but he's also an action type. There are no rules in his mind. He makes his own rules. He's going to push those rules all day long because, you know, you even mention that it's time to go to bed. He crawls under some piece of furniture and you can't even find him. <laughs> so, you know, it's, 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 there's so much learning that happens with communication and influence and relationships that shifts when you learn this method. I actually think it's brilliant. And I was attracted to it, you know, for the same, some of the same reasons that you were. I, I, I do think that it can help you not only understand other people, but to understand yourself as well. And yes. why things make you crazy or why, you know, why you do use some of the words that you do when maybe other people don't. Yeah, I had a lot of epiphanies about my childhood, to be quite honest, when I realized my code. Because my mom and dad, my brother and sister, none of them were in action first. None of them. Like, no wonder I felt like the black sheep of the family. No wonder I was doing a million things and they were just happy to sit home and watch TV or play, you know, they, they had a different energy than me. And um, so it wasn't that I was somehow something was wrong with me. I think that I grew up on some level thinking there was something wrong with me and that I needed to change myself. But now I just realized it was just my code. And there's nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with me. And there was nothing wrong with my family either. They were just who they were. So the level of empathy and understanding that I have looking back at those moments has been profound. And there are so many stories with Bank of family members that have healed relationships of children who were suicidal, quite frankly, because they didn't understand why they were so different from everyone else in the family, who were introduced to Bank and then healed those relationships and improved, you know, their happiness together. So yeah, it, the, the way that this method reaches out and affects people on so many levels, I think is why, and I truly believe this. I believe that in the next, you know, five to 10 years, this is going to be a revolution. Everyone's going to understand what bank is. Everybody's going to have heard of it. It's going to start to be used. And it's already around the world in over 40 countries. Um, but it's going to become something that is a much more of a household name. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. And, and again, you know, the whole thing about understanding 
that maybe it's not that you don't fit in. There is a, that there's something, you know, that was really compelling to me. I guess that's my nurturing mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, coming out. But um, because you see so much of that in the world today of people, especially teenagers, feeling so alone and so sort of isolated and if they could just know that you know hey it's okay like there's nothing wrong with you you're you might be different but you're you're not bad um I think that's huge it is and I think there are also moments of me understanding that if I'm in my full action especially if I go to a networking event or I'm meeting someone for the first time who's not my personality type if I refuse to change the natural state I want to go into, which can sometimes be overpowering to other codes. So as an action type, we tend to be a little over the top. You know, uh, for example, you can't see me, but I got a lot of purple in my hair. (laughs) You know, I tend to um, dress to impress and I tend to have a lot of energy in a room, you know, so I'll give a lot of high fives and, and I laugh really loud and not everybody's comfortable around that. Mm -hmm. So I have learned that for myself, understanding my code and understanding that not everybody is always comfortable around that, that I can change my behavior, not because I feel like I'm changing me. And it's not that I'm trying to be someone I'm not, but I'm just deciding and choosing consciously to be respectful of how other people, you know, like to be, like to be communicated with, you know, and that's been helpful for me on many levels because it, it helps me understand and practice how to communicate with people who are not like me, have empathy for who they are, because every code is valuable. There is no better code or worse code. It's just what it is. And so, um, but I can then remind myself, especially if I'm giving a talk to a group of people to not be so action the entire time, right? Like switch it up, like have moments where you're really, you know, cause I, I've got a lot of K in me too. I've I've got a master's degree and I've got a minor in speech pathology and I've got certifications, you know, so I can, I can quote statistics, you know, if I want to, I can do all those things that K's like all the information, just making sure that I've got little pieces of everything that's already inside of me and switching it up here and there so that I can appeal to more people when I'm, when I'm speaking. So for listeners, if you want to crack your code, I invite you to go to mybankcode.com. You'll see a little video with Sheree Tree explaining it. And then you can move the cards around in order that most accurately reflects your values. Hit submit and it will ask you for your email address and a code. Use the code FIRSTCLASSLIFE, all one word, to get your free personality report. You'll find out why you buy as well as why some things turn you off in sales conversations or interpersonal interactions. Feel free to share this code with your family and friends and compare your codes. It's a fun and illuminating exercise that will give you great insight into each other and help you communicate better in all your interactions. So Stephanie, aside from being a trainer, how do you use bank in your business and in your life? So I use bank a couple ways. One is with the bank pass, which is a subscription service. It actually is the electronic link you just um, invited everyone to go to. And what happens for me in my business is when someone wants to have a conversation with me about whether or not to work with me, like they want to explore voice coaching or all the ways that I give training. I have a form on my website that they have to fill out in order to get on my scheduler. And on that form, it says, please take 90 seconds to crack, to take, you know, take this assessment. This is going to help me serve you um, on our call together. So I really position it, you know, because this is a, my ability to understand your language. What language do you speak? So I can be respectful and I can speak your language. I, I don't want to waste your time speaking a language you don't, you know, and giving you information you don't care about. Everyone does it. It's just part of my intake process. Nobody even blinks an eye. Sometimes people ask me more questions about it. Like, wow, what is this assessment? Because they get a free gift too. It's a great lead generator. So you can go on your website, on your landing page and generate leads. You can do a lead generator on social media if you want to. So it's a great way to just open the conversation. They get this amazing gift of a personality report that's actually chock full of information and tips. I love them. They're amazing. And then I get a report on my end that helps remind me how to speak to them when I'm on the phone with them later. So when I'm on that call, I, you know, I have a process I use to decide um, whether we're a good fit and whether they want to have a, you know, sign up for a coaching program. And I'm also thinking about 
the tips for that code. So I know when I get to the point in the conversation where I'm, I'm going to share more about what I do with them, I know what to lead with because I know their code and I know what scripts are going to appeal to their likes uh, based on their value system. So I use it there, that way. And, and that's um, made a huge impact in my business. In fact, I had a, a 100% close rate one month where I brought in um, tons of money right around the holiday when most businesses are shutting down. I was raking in the dough. And my husband, who's a blueprint, uh, was saying, what is going on? What are you doing? And I said, well, I finally just sat down and decided I needed to actually take these sales reports and work them into the conversation. <laughs> so I actually integrated bank into my usual prospect conversation. Um, so I use it that way. And I also use it with my clients, um, once they're clients, on how to service them. So when I create lesson plans, for example, uh, I tweak them based on their personality type. I will also... Um, you know, give more attention, for example, to my nurturers, you know, I'll check in with them via email in between sessions, for, you know, and just let them know I'm thinking of them. You know, how was your speaking engagement last week? I thought of you, you know, nurturers appreciate that. So I will do different things to make them feel special um, based on their code. And that has turned my clients into raving fans. So now they really just share with everybody they know about how much they love working with me. So bank is something that's not just before you close the sale, but it's also great for when you are working with your clients um, so that you can grow your business, you know, through referrals. We're almost out of time. So I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? I love this tiny little book because you can fit it in your purse and you can read it, you know, in the doctor's office um, because it's meant to be read over and over and over again. It's called The Abundance Book by John Randolph Price. And it actually has an exercise that if you do it for 40 days in a row is uh, purported to help you shift your money mindset. But even if you don't do it 40 days in a row, it's absolutely worth the read. And I read it over and over and over again. And it has little, um, it's actually kind of blueprinted out, which is kind of funny because my blueprints last. Um, but it has these little um, numbered you know, phrases that you are to think about, ponder about, journal about to help shift your money mindset into one of abundance. So it, it's made a huge difference in my life. Fabulous. What's next for Stephanie Bonte Libera? Well, I'm excited because I'm writing a musical. I have never written a musical before. And uh, I have a friend uh, in New York City who I performed with when I lived there, and he helped me uh, kind of get the project going. And I'm working with a coach, and I am writing a mu and the name of it is Stage Dreams the Musical. I can go ahead and tell you that because I already put that out into the universe and on my Facebook page. <laughs> awesome. Um, but I'm expecting to have it written by the end of the year. So I'm excited to see what uh, will come of it in 2019. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. If people want to find out more about you and your work uh, and keep tabs on this musical and maybe go see it when it's ready, how can they do that? Yes, absolutely. You can go to my website at empoweryourvoice.com, spelled out, or you can find me on Facebook at The Empowered Voice or Stephanie Bonte Libera. You can find me on Facebook either way. And uh, yeah, you'll, you can hear more about what's coming up with my musical and uh, any of my coaching programs or even uh, bank stuff that I'm doing. And again, if you want to crack your bank code, the website is mybankcode.com and the code you want to use is First Class Life. Stephanie Bonte Libera, you do have a great voice. Thanks so much for your time today. Oh, thanks, Kate. I really appreciate you having me here. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. I learned about Bank last year and immediately signed up to learn about it and to be an affiliate. 
So full disclosure, if you crack your code and then buy the bank pass, which is now a low monthly fee, instead of the big chunk of money I had to shell out up front, I will receive a commission. But I do not evangelize or make money from anything I don't believe in. And I believe this bank code is a game changer, not just for business, but for improving family communication and all forms of human interaction. It can even improve your relationship with yourself once you understand your code and how it influences everything you do. Again, the website is mybankcode.com. You'll see four cards with different colors and attributes on them. Put them in the order of importance to you. For example, if relationships and authenticity are of primary importance to you, you would put the yellow nurturing card first. If you are driven by responsibility and tradition is important, you'd choose the blue blueprint card, and so on. Once you submit your responses, it will ask for your email address and a code. Use the code First Class Life to get your free report sent to your inbox. I guarantee you'll be amazed or your money back. Ha, just kidding, the report is free, but I still promise you'll find it enlightening. Ask your spouse and kids to do it too, maybe even your boss or coworkers. And see if you don't think to yourself, well, that explains a lot. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you're off of Facebook because of all the controversy, you can always send me an email to outlook.com. I'd love to hear what you think about your code and whether you think it's accurate and useful to you. If you have a great reinvention story to tell and you'd like to share it with my audience, please fill out the survey at the link at the bottom of the show page. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. Remember, you can find links to past episodes on my website, firstclasslivesolutions.com, on the podcast tab. If you haven't already, please like or follow the show and give it a rating on iTunes. Apparently, they don't care how many people listen. They only care how many people rate it, so that's important. Also, please tell your friends. I hope you'll tune in next week. I'll be announcing the topic and guest on Facebook and Twitter, so if you don't already follow me, please do. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. This is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.